Welcome this Christmas Eve here to King of Kings. Um, we have a few brief announcements for the good of our family. Uh, our next Friday dance is on January 6th. Um, we have an online giving code. 
um, in our uh, bulletins as well as online if you want to use your smartphone. Uh, 2023 uh, 20, sign-up books for reading and ushers are in the back for those who would like to serve that way. Music jams are on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Our next mobile pantry is on January 12th at 3 p.m. The offering envelopes for 2023 are also in the Narthex. Karaoke, the next karaoke will be in the Kyle Hall on January 27th. Uh, new members classes on January 8th and 15th after service. And are there any other announcements for the good of the family tonight? All righty then. I also want to lift up in this season of celebration and joy and gathering that in our prayers, we want to lift up um, the family of Betty Newman. She passed to the church eternal um, on the 17th of this month, as did Buzz Johnson, also passed on the 17th. Betty Newman's service will be on the 29th, next Thursday at 9.30 here. The service will be at 10.30. The viewing will be at 9.30. Bud Johnson's service will be on the 14th of January um, at the community center. More details will follow. And we're also mourning with Anna Sanow as her brother and her father have both passed within the last couple months. And uh, with that, you're going to sing for us. those who are able to rise as we begin our worship. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who was in the beginning, who makes a dwelling among us, who covers us with justice and mercy. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. 
God of goodness and loving kindness, we confess that we have sinned against you and our neighbors. We have turned away from your invitation to new life. We have turned away from the lowly and the downtrodden. In your abundant mercy, forgive us our sins, those we know and those known only to you. For the sake of one who came to live among us, Jesus Christ, our Savior, amen. Hear the good news of peace and salvation. God forgives us all our sins, not through our own work, but through Jesus Christ, made known to all people. With all who come to the manger, rejoice this amazing gift of grace. Amen. Amen. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never work in, walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Amen. Amen.
evening and a very Merry Christmas to all. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Please join me in reading the prayer of the day. Almighty God, you made this holy night shine with the brightness of the true light. Grant that here on earth we may walk in the light of Jesus' presence and in the last day wake to the brightness of his glory through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. The first reading is from Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joys. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of the burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all of the boots, the trampling warriors, and all of the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of the Lord.
the second reading from Titus. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, training us to renounce impiety and worldly passions, and in the present age, to live lives that are self-controlled, upright, and godly, while we wait for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He it is who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify for himself a people of his own who are zealous for good deeds. The word of the Lord. I didn't see any children walk in this evening. We had some here at the early worship. And my message for them was, I first said, now, Charlemagne, the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire, um, at one time the most powerful man in the Western world, uh, can anybody name his birthday? And I asked the kids, can you name his birthday? And they looked at me and went like this, and... I said, okay, well, maybe somebody a little more today. How about King Olaf of Sweden? And they look at him and say, I, I don't know. And then I asked him, I think someone might know this one because she shared it with me. Um, Queen Elizabeth, who just passed away, was very popular in the world. And does anybody know her birthday? Come on, Oina. Yeah, you, you, do you know her birthday? It's in April. But you don't... Or, Prince Charles or Prince William, we, we don't know those birthdays. And then these are royalty, and we don't remember those birthdays. But Jesus, Jesus, who was born in very humble beginnings, and the only people who attended him on the night of his birth who came and celebrated that were a bunch of stinky shepherds shivering out there in the cold. So let us pray. O oh Lord, our God, King of the universe, be with us this evening and bless this crush, that it may be a visible symbol of your word made flesh, your incarnate entrance into human history, and your grace and love for the world. Through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom with then the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory forever. Amen. According to St. Luke, in those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went, to the town, went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. 
While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them at the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel with the angel, a multitude in the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it has been told to them.
The gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. A couple weeks ago, I was reading an article. And in the article, Franklin Graham son of the late um, Billy Graham, thank you, it's getting late, son of the late Billy Graham, whom, well, I think he's really gone a, a lot far on his father's reputation because the theology that he spouts is full of judgment and condemnation and kind of insisting on a uniform belief and faith and really falls short on grace and forgiveness and love. Plus, he always seems, and this might sound funny from coming from me because I'm known for being political at times, but when I'm political in my sermon, I'm using the gospel to call out the leaders of the day and the way they're acting. He seems to bring his political agenda and bend the gospel to it, and I I, I really, I don't care for it. But... Apparently, he had heard or read a sermon or a statement from another pastor, and this other pastor had said, Jesus was trans, and Billy Graham, or uh, Franklin Graham, got all upset, and is this horrible, it's disgraceful to say these things like that, and I I don't like being on the same side of the argument as Franklin Graham, however, um, there is nowhere in the Hebrew scriptures that prophesy about the coming Messiah or in the the New Testament or the Gospels themselves that make any statement that Jesus is other than a male human. There's no ambiguity anywhere to reach on that. So I had to kind of agree with, with Franklin Graham and... Now, there is places when we get to talking about God, particularly right in the beginning, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, we get to that sixth day where God created humankind in God's image. Now, most translations we read will use masculine gendered pronouns for God. But that's not because of Hebrew, that's because of the Greeks. We've got to thank the Greeks for that, because the Greeks translated all the Hebrew scriptures into Greek, and then it was at the sack of Jerusalem that we lost all the Hebrew scriptures until only recently went the Dead Sea Scrolls. But Greek is a very highly inflected language, especially when it comes to gender. So everything is assigned a gender, and if there's any question or doubt, it's always masculine because it's also a patriarchal society. So in Greek, we get all these masculine gendered pronouns for God, and English, we do the same thing. It's he or she or it, and well, we're not going to say it for God, but in Hebrew, when they're referring to God, particularly in these scriptures, these Old Testament scriptures, one of the preferred terms for God was Yahweh. And that, by definition, is a God who is above 
our understanding, is beyond our ability to know. This is the same God that described who he was to Moses as I am who I am. And even that is an imperfect translation because it should be, I will be who I will be. So this God who will be who he will, who will be who God will be, when God created on the sixth day humankind in God's image, God created them male and female. And when you read it that way and you take out all those gender-specific pronouns, it takes on a different import, particularly for a woman. Now, the Holy Spirit, on the other hand, in Hebrew is always referred to in the feminine tense. In fact, there was even a name, Sophia, given to the Holy Spirit. And it was, again, the Greeks who switched that around because of the rules of their language, so suddenly the whole Godhead became masculine. But the Spirit was always thought of traditionally, as the Spirit would agree, appear in the Old Testament, would be referred to in the feminine terms. And I had jokingly referred to um, Jesus' sister, the Holy Spirit, in a sermon a little while ago, and someone questioned me on that, and I said, I, now, I do have some theological explanations, which you just heard, but for me, when I say Jesus' sister, well, see, I grew up as an only boy with four sisters, and when Jesus just received those words of praise and affirmation as he came up out of the water and God said, this is my son, the beloved, in whom I'm well pleased. Immediately, the sister drags him off into the wilderness to be tempted. It really sounds like something a sister would do to me. And on top of that, I, as a man, I have been confounded by the feminine my entire life and the capriciousness of the spirit as described in the Bible really does come across to me as female. So I jokingly referred to the Holy Spirit as Jesus' sister. But Jesus is unambiguously male. However, in his seminal work, God of the Oppressed, the Reverend Dr. James Cone and anybody who's gone to seminary in the last 30 years has probably been assigned to read God of the Oppressed. As I've talked to colleagues across denominations, many of us have read God of the Oppressed. It's, it's standard um, assigned reading. But in very early in God of the Oppressed, James Cone makes the statement, Jesus was a black man. And we were assigned a paper to write on this. And many of my classmates fell into the trap of arguing the ethnic and racial probable origins of Christ. On the other hand, I said, I, I, I can see that, I agree, because I see Jesus as an itinerant or migrant tradesman. Because in my life before I went into ministry, I worked as a tradesperson. I worked in construction as a carpenter. And there were many times as I would go into one of the high-rises downtown Philadelphia to do a job up on one of the upper floors, as I walked into that nice, shiny lobby that was full of 
expensive marble and granite and fancy veneers of wood and chrome and polished brass, the guard would get up behind the desk and come walking and say, no, 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 you guys got to come in through the loading dock because, let's face it, we're a bunch of dirty construction workers and nobody wants to be confronted with that in these nice, shiny office spaces. And there were many times as we were finishing a building and the bathrooms had been finished and they said, we're going to lock those bathrooms up and all you construction workers now we don't want you using our nice new bathrooms. You go out and use that porta potty that's out in the parking lot. We'll leave that there for you. See, the message is very clear about who you are and what your class is and where you belong. And when you make people uncomfortable and you make people want to look down on you, I kind of related what James Cone, who came up through the civil rights movement, a very intelligent articulated African-American and being told that you are being uppity because there's many times I was told that I needed to know what my place was in this world. So I could understand his statement, Jesus as a black man, because I saw Jesus as an itinerant tradesperson. And Jesus is himself, he came into the world he was born in a backwater. He was born in the sticks. He wasn't born in a, a well-received. They weren't anticipating this king being born in by royalty. He was attended to by a bunch of stinky, smelly shepherds. His mother was unwed, but yet he said things that shook people up. He challenged the people of the day to change their values. Rather than valuing wealth, and power, but instead to value love and relationship with one another. He challenged people to look after and care for the least among you, because that's where you'll find me. He was the one who said, foxes have holes and birds of the airs have nests, but the son of the man has no place to lay his head. He was homeless, but yet he challenged the structure of the world. He challenged the standard thought, the hierarchy of who belonged on the top and who was the chattel on the bottom of society. And he still challenges us today. In fact, I would think it would be very comforting if I were an illegal alien to understand that Jesus was at one time a refugee and I could understand and relate to Jesus as a refugee. And if I was an outsider who had been discriminated against, it would be very comforting to think of Jesus as someone who was on the outside of the power structure and discriminated against. So Jesus is trans. I mean, I can't think of a group right now in our culture that is more alienated and more frowned upon and more tried to be pushed out because they make me uncomfortable too. I don't know how to relate to them. But that's where Jesus comes. He challenges us. He challenges all our prejudices. But yet he also is with us when we mourn, when we're sad, when we've been discriminated against. Jesus stays with us. But I think what we celebrate tonight says something so much more. 
How did Jesus come into this world, God with us, Emmanuel, as an infant, as a baby? There is nothing in this world that is more vulnerable than a baby. A baby cannot take care of itself at all. It can't feed itself. It can't change itself. It can't protect and defend itself. It is 100% vulnerable. What does it say to us about God coming to us and being vulnerable? I think it invites us to know God through our own vulnerabilities. It invites us to recognize that we, when we are feeling our lowest and we are feeling our saddest, whether we've been put down or whether we're grieving, that God is there with us in those moments. And I think it speaks words and words and words beyond description. When we talk about a God as omnipotent or all-powerful, omniscient and all-knowing, or omnipresent or always present, but yet also a God who comes to us as a vulnerable baby. It invites us to open our hearts up and be vulnerable with each other. It invites us to open our hearts up and be vulnerable to God. And just remember, the adult Jesus in his last act in this world was to go to that cross and sacrifice himself for all of us. Amen.
I invite you to say with me the words as found in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. We have reached that time where we offer our prayers. Now, there are prayers printed in those bulletins, and those are perfectly good prayers. And I invite you to take those prayers home because many times I've heard people say to me, Pastor Jim, I, I go to pray and I don't know what to pray. Well, there's some good prayers. And you can read them off one verse a day all at one time and do them all week, and they're good prayers. But I'm also the the school that the prayers of the people, the prayers of the church need to come from the community as we're gathered. So what we do is we share first our joys, our things that where we've seen God at work, the celebration of that. Um, and then we also are invited to share those things that we're praying for, those people, those situations that we are praying for intervention from God. So do we have any joys and anybody's going to be bold enough to share tonight? Yes. I am just so happy and joyful to see my grandchildren and great-grandchildren in this congregation tonight. Whoa, yeah. Christmas present. Isn't that the greatest Christmas present? Yes, that's wonderful. Other joys that anybody would like to share? Raise your hand. Not problem. Everybody gets a joy to share, but not everybody wants to share it. I would also lift up and share in joy the way that this congregation came together for two ministries 
that they had never done before. One was one of our people had come to us with a list of um, children whose parent, whose father was interred at a prison in Florida somewhere, different age, male or female, and could we buy presents for those children that their father, who's now incarcerated, could give them. And she had three loads from here go up in her Jeep. And she said the third one, she could barely see out the Jeep. It was so full of gifts. And the second was, and you'll see the last remnants, they'll probably go out tonight because Christine will come tonight with a couple friends, the people who are homeless and um, living in camps and tents and little hidey holes around our neighborhood here. Um, they have goodie bags, survival bags, sleeping bags, food, um, hand warmers, gloves, socks, things like that. And that's just the last 10 bags. Christine said she had a goal of bringing, getting, putting together 20 bags. We filled 58. I took 28 up to Lighthouse Ministries where they could be distributed on, on Friday morning for their Christmas celebration. So these are two things we've never done before, but yet it shows the heart of a congregation when they're willing to reach it. Acts of pure grace. So I want to thank for that and praise you, God, for that. Other joys that anybody would like to share this evening? I'd just like to say that after everything that we've all been through in the past couple of years, it's wonderful to be able to be together tonight and to celebrate Christmas Eve here with each other at, at, at our parish. Yes, and thank you. For, I've seen a lot of different faces, so I thank you for coming tonight. It's wonderful to see that. This is our second service. We had one at 4 o'clock, and that one was full, pretty full. So this is a wonderful thing. And to, nobody will ever forget Christmas of 2022. Lord, you remember that one, right at 7 o'clock. We were worshiping outside. And right at 7 o'clock, it's kind of an L-shaped area that's undercover, a connection to the two buildings and then down in front of the fellowship hall. Well, most of the people were sitting in the chairs that went down in front of the fellowship hall. Well, right at 7 o'clock, the wind and the rain came, and it was blowing this way. And all the music for the musicians went flying, and we had a, a little... Uh, manger with a little Jesus in in front of this podium and Jesus was strapped down with bungee cords and as the wind was blowing Jesus was trying to take off and I said you'll never remember the flying Jesus from Christmas so that we can worship inside with some modicum of safety is a joy so thank you Lord how about concerns are there situations that we are praying for people who are struggling um, yes Lee I come from, I guess you all know New York, but I come from a place on Long Island. And uh, two nights ago, they got uh, a flash on their phone. They usually let them know if there's gonna be inclement weather. Well, my grandson got a flash that there was gonna be a high tide around 11 o'clock. About four o'clock in the morning, his phone went off with an alarm alert and it was a tide surge. There are cars underwater. 
all the way down in the whole area. I think it's Merrick, some in Seaford, all over. It was just absolutely horrible. They've lost so much. My friends are telling me they lost because of how high it went. It was like, I guess you would say, a smaller version of Sandy. Okay. It filled up six-foot crawl spaces down by the water, was up on first levels, people's decks. They've lost their heaters. Some of them, my friend lost two cars, their, their, their boiler, their hot water heater. They're really going through it. And uh, most of the replies, believe it or not, have been, you know what, at least none of us have died so far. And they all are in a horrible situation right now. So on this night, I'm just asking that everybody send up an extra prayer that everything will be okay. Thank you. Thank you. Other concerns, other things that we want to lift up? Pastor, I'd just like to say that I uh, would like to, to pray for Doris Rose. Uh, she lost her husband not too long ago, and yesterday she lost her mother-in-law. And oh. so, uh, Doris, our prayers to you. We love you, and uh, let the suffering be as short as possible. Always keep fond memories of them. Mm. Yeah, our prayers with that and your family and that. Other other concerns that anybody'd like to share. I think it's still timely to pray for the people of Ukraine. This has gone on way longer than anybody ever figured, and it we don't see an end in sight. Um, and in any conflict, it's always the the innocents that suffer the worst. Any other prayers? Well, then let us pray. Lord, on this night that we celebrate your birth, we lift up joy and thanks for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon us, the visits from family, the, the, the healings and the successful operations. Um, sometimes it's just having gotten through another year or through another time of trial, but we thank you for when you carry us. And, that we can celebrate. Lord, we also lift up those who are this season that it's, it feels hard to celebrate because whether they've, they've lost material things, which is a hard road when you've lost so much involved with your home, but also those who have lost family um, at this time, we ask that you be with them as they mourn because mourning during celebration is doubly painful. Lord, we pray all these things in the name and in trusting of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And let the people say, Amen. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also, and also with, with you. you. This time, I invite you to share a sign of God's peace with one another and... When you're done sharing peace, we have sanitation stations on either side because that's all we want to share, God's peace.
Let us pray the offering prayer as one voice. Gracious God, you come to us as one unknown, bringing joy and salvation to earth. Nourish your, with your banquet table that all who welcome earth may proclaim your peace revealed in Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should in all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty God. It is on this night that we celebrate your coming to us, Emmanuel, God with us. It is on this night that you came to us as a vulnerable child. And so... We praise your name and join the unending hymn of all the angels. On the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread, broke it, and gave it for all to eat, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. In that same manner, he also took the cup after supper, and after he had given thanks and blessed it, he passed it to all to drink, saying, in this covenant is my, in this cup is my blood poured out for the remission of sins for all people. Do this for the remembrance of me. Amen. 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 Now let us be so bold as to say the words as we've been taught by our Savior. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our day, our daily bread, and give us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The gifts of God for the people of God. Please be seated. Everyone is invited to the communion table. When you are invited forward by the usher, you will be given a piece of bread. You can then dip or entink that piece of bread into either cup. In the cup with the darker liquid is wine. In the cup with the lighter liquid is grape juice. Either one works or neither if you're allergic. But all are welcome, regardless of where you are or who you are or where you came from or what your tradition is or what you believe, all are welcome.
the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and preserve you this day and evermore. The Holy Gospel according to St. John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God, he was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What came into being through him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome him. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he comes to testify to the light the true light, which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But all who receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the power to become children of God who were born not of the blood of the will or the flesh of the will or of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, that was he whom I said, he comes after me, but ranks ahead of me because he was before me from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace.
Holy God, who sent the Holy Spirit to Mary, proclaim joy through the angels, sent the shepherds with good news, and led the Magi by a star. Bless you this day through the word made flesh. Amen. Amen. the gift of God.